This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And John. Yes, you should stay with us because it's a game show Friday. It's a write that down Friday. We've got Chris Singleton and we're going to unveil a new Judd Zolgad related game here in the opening bell. Woo-hoo! Are you ready for this, Judd? Of course I am. All right, got my notes even. Let's fire this up. Right center field. Heading back is Smith. And gone. A home run. Eddie Rosario with his 19th of the year. Two and two to Robertson. And breaking ball gets a swing and a miss. Two down. Got him with a breaking ball. Gibson strands two. Got the outside corner. Breaking ball got him. Prone strikes out. Nice. Strike three and the bat ended up over the dugout. See, that's swinging the bat right there. Come on, Judd. Fire this up. Come on. All right, let's go. It still felt uneasy, like even it. as well as Gibby was throwing. Um, that's why I thought Rosie's add-on homer was was big. And as it as you can see there in the last couple innings, you never have enough. So um, didn't think we'd have to go to Rodney, but he did a nice job of getting those last two guys. And he's going to have a little bruise on his left forearm to show for it. Yeah, they didn't throw the first pitch until, what, after 9 o'clock? 9-10. Two-hour rain delay last night. And uh, I didn't stay up for it. I fell asleep. Somewhere so in the I. fourth inning or something. Seven. I got I got into the seventh with uh, Corey and Danny before I yeah. dozed off. Actually, if I'm being honest, I fell asleep in the fourth inning, but I was watching the World Series of Poker at the time. Oh, oh so you weren't even. I was back and our, forth, and I was resilient. I was, lads. No, but but here here's what we have to ask you because I know you have you wrote the condescending column on our website this weekend. Like, hey, Twins fans, if you're excited, don't be. This doesn't matter. Yep, it doesn't matter. That was me. Um, they just. Bludgeoned the Rays, a good team last night. Took them all up and down. Kyle Gibson with a great outing. Blake Snell, Blake Snell, one Three of the best pitchers in the American yeah, League. Yeah, yeah. The Twins have now won seven of eight, and they've crept back to within seven and a half yeah, games yeah, of the yeah. Cleveland Indians. Uh huh. We're gonna play a new game. Judd Zolgad. Does it matter? Does it matter? Let me tell you something, punk. Right now, it's nice. It's cute. And it doesn't matter one bit. No! Other than other than the increasing of trade value for those who the <laughs> who the combo of Levine and Falvey will deal before the deadline. Ooh. It doesn't matter. Wow. You said it yourself. You're seven and a half back of a Cleveland team that's, by the way, struggling. Cleveland's gonna make a trade here and get bullpen help. You're seven and a half back there. 
Have you guys looked at the wild card? So let's say you just get hot and Cleveland gets uh, bullpen help and Cleveland, so Cleveland improves itself. And now, now you're thinking yeah, to yourself, two wild card spots. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. And now three playoff spots so available. You're thinking to yourself, you and you and Dozier thinking, why not a repeat of last year? It could happen again. You are 14 and a half back in the wild card race right now. It's cute. It's nice. It's too late. The Minnesota Twins signed their baseball death certificate on that trip to Chicago and Milwaukee. And when you came back with a 1-8 and eight record, you came back with a dead baseball team. Now... Let, well, I guess we can go home now. Now let me, the show's over. Let That's me tell. Let, wait, wait. I was all excited. Let me tell you. Let me tell you the one thing. The one thing that I want. If these guys are serious. If this. If this resilient bunch. Oh, don't count us out, Derek. Don't trade us all, Thad, because we're going to show you. You got a post All Star game, ten game trip that goes to Kansas City, Toronto, and Boston. Win in all three places, including against a Red Sox team that's won ten consecutive games. Win in all three places, and then get back to me. and And as the baseball me, I might, I might have a new diagnosis. I just figured it out. Judd's dream scenario for the Twins leading up to the trade deadline. You just mentioned the Cleveland Indians still struggling. They've got the one giant gaping hole with their team. Falvey and Levine, an absolute heel turn to the entire Twin Cities. Fernando Rodney traded to the Cleveland Indians. Who do I get back? Do I get a good prospect back? I think you ask for Lindor first and go for that. Do I get a good do I get a good prospect? You know that Lindor has scored like eighty five runs already this season? Oh, he's a marvelous. Like that baseball dude's gonna player. have almost a hundred runs score before the all star break. He's a great player. I love him. But if I if I you know what? Come one, come all, everything must go. If I can get the correct return back, Cleveland, here he is. You can have good luck. In the playoffs, because right. we're not going there. Well, let's keep going with this game here, okay? I'm going to go through the box score. Uh, so last night, Twins win their seventh of eight games, and we've already determined uh, that it doesn't matter that they've pulled within seven and a half, that right. you've determined that. Right. Brian Dozier last night in the three-hole, one for three. He drew a walk, so got on base in uh, in two out of four trips, scored a run. Mm-hmm. Batting average has gone from 212, 213, up to just under 230 over the past few weeks. Judd Zolgad. Does it matter? Absolutely, yes. It matters. It matters deeply if you run the Milwaukee Brewers or the Los Angeles Dodgers or even the the Red Sox. Pedroia might not come back this season. I think that you you might be right. Now, the problem with with the Red Sox is uh, because they made those trades with Chicago last year, I don't think... uh, I don't think Boston has a lot to give, but the point being, Brian Dozier's resurgent resurgence definitely matters to the teams that are going to be in the bidding to trade for. Okay, uh, let's see. Let's go further down the box score here. Kyle Gibson, eight innings, five hits, one earned run, no walks, nine strikeouts. That's unbelievable. His ERA is down to three point four two on the season. Does it matter? It absolutely does. It absolutely does because this now gives you choices with Kyle. And now the game becomes this. Do you believe what you see enough to put stock in in this and with two years of control left, think that you're on to something here, which could help you a lot in 2019? Or are you smart enough not to believe it, but you can take this to market 
and possibly your biggest trade chip now as the deadline approaches, if you don't believe this, Phil Mackey, is Kyle Gibson. He would be, yeah, because you'd be trading for, if you're a good team, not only would you be trading for a year and a half of him, so you'd be getting like, what, 45 starts over the course of the next year and a half out of him in the regular season, but you'd be getting... Maybe a postseason rotation guy. If you if you thought that you know, if if you took this year's version of Kyle Gibson, I don't know if he'd be on every team's postseason staff. Uh, but there's probably a few teams out. There. I mean, the, would Kyle Gibson be on the Milwaukee Brewers postseason? St- he might be their best starter, right? I mean, the Brewers don't have a great starting rotation. They have a couple of young pitchers who've come up, like the Fernando Romero's have for the Twins. Um, the thing for the Twins is he's going to be 31 years old in October. He's got the year left on his deal. And we said that we were talking about this yesterday. I think this is a really good time to figure out, is he part of this thing? Are you going to make a run next year? If you are, he's a cheap number three starter for you. If you believe that this is a, a next step for Gibson. Yep. Um, if you, I guess the, the, the question beyond that would be, is he a contract extension guy? Is he a guy that you would sign for like a three-year and deal my, until he's 34? That's why my question to you is, what you're seeing now, do, do you believe this to be the truth about Gibson? Or do you believe this to be he's found something and there's going to be an adjustment made by the rest of the league back to him and, and he's going to regress from that? Well, I, I think he has found, I think he's found a new level. He's been a first-round draft pick. He's all the talent in the world. He had the Tommy John surgery like six years ago, but all, it's not like he had this, you know, this this low ceiling that he kept bumping his head on. It's not like he was PJ Walters who had a good start or something, or Scott Diamond who just didn't have great stuff. He's had great stuff for a long time, and now he's figuring out how to how to use it properly. So I think you can say that he's reached a new level, and also because of his age and because of where your team is. You should probably trade high. How many times have the Twins had this scenario well, yes. where, oh man, like Delman Young has finally yep. figured it out? Yep. Or Francisco Liriano, I 2010, he finally figured it out. And it's like, okay, I well, think you're right. how repeatable is it? How old is he? How much do you trust long term, three, four, five year contract, millions of dollars? Or do you just tip your cap and say, you know what, this is awesome? It's too bad the team isn't better. Too bad we Milwaukee's you're not great. Some, summer yeah. Fest is going on right now. Yes. They're in contention. Yeah, now, I, I think you're right on that. I would say though, if you did take him into next year, you know, would it be the end of the world if he if if he had a good year next year and you and you didn't want to go like three four year extension, but you made him the qualifying offer? But you know what? If he takes a one year seventeen million dollar deal or whatever it would be at a year and a half from now, it wouldn't be the end of the world. And if he rejects it, you get a draft pick. But if so, if you brought him back next year and you had Barrios. Fernando Romero probably in your rotation for the whole season next year, right? Uh, this version of Kyle Gibson, mm-hmm. Jacob Arizzi has shown some great flashes when he's when he's on, mm-hmm. and then whoever else you would bring in to be the fifth starter in that combination, or whoever comes up from the minor leagues, like that's that's formidable. Yeah, With this version of Kyle Gibson, that's oh, formidable. he's good now. Yeah, I'm just amazed. I think it was last year at some point. It might have been June or early July because I, I looked this up today. He took a uh, a six thirty one ERA into the All Star break through sixteen starts a year ago. I remember that we both got on the show and said, "I don't care what you do, it's release all, yeah. him, trade him. It's done. Yeah. He's useless." Well, I was telling you guys the anecdote before the show. It was uh, almost a year ago. So our moms both died last summer. It was kind of a crappy summer for us. But I remember my mom died in. Early mid August, it was I believe August 10th, and he had a start on August 11th. Kyle Gibson did on the road against the Tigers, 
And I remember sitting there, we're going through, like, we're planning. It's just, like, awful, right? Family is gathering, we're planning. Right. And, like, my mom and slash one of my best friends just passed away. And I'm kind of in this haze, and I'm watching the twins that day. And I just, I'm watching Kyle Gibson load the bases, seeing I single, getting mad at, like, weak contact, falling for hits because he can't miss a bat. And I'm just, like, enraged for five minutes, like, and Why is Kyle Gibson like, like people are looking at me like your fam- dude your, your mom fam- just died. Family's like, Phil, calm down. I know you're upset your mom's dead. You're like, like, no, I'm upset about mom, but this gimme yeah, thing. Like, I'm more mad about Kyle Gibson pitching to contact and getting mad about it what than my doing? mom dying. What is happening? It's right? wonderful deflection. Uh, yeah, it's it really wonderful. Is. It really it's is. It's a oh, boy, that's sick. God, how can you do this to me? How can he continue to pitch to contact? Does it matter? How about Joe Maurer? Joe Maurer with the batting average back up to 273 on base over 360 with a one for four last night. Little run scored. It matters if you get him to the right team. If he's wearing pinstripes by August 1st, you're darn right it does. Joe Maurer, the more I think about this and the more I see criticism of you can't do this, the more the more it occurs to me, this is one of the great Mackie and Judd ideas of all time. This it's is one there. of the. It's up there. This is because because on the surface it's like, well, no, nah, you wouldn't. And then the more you think about it, you think, no, wait, hold on a second. It makes way too much sense. It takes Joe. It puts him on a contender. It gives him a chance for a ring. And by the way, it then relieves the whole thing of the season gets done, and you're talking about, well, is Joe is he going to sign a two year contract mm-hmm. and come back? That can be completely done. And if he goes out a champion. I think you got to go to Joe and say, Joe, you got to hang her up. You might go to the Hall of Fame if you've been decent. This was the greatest possible end. Go out on a high note and don't go anti-Zole again and try and come back and hit 240 next season. And that concludes another episode of Does It Matter? With Judd Zolgad. Can't wait till we get to hockey season. (laughs) Oh, man, that's going to be... That's going to be a full season of Doesn't Matter, right? Breaking down 82 wild games. <laughs> uh, write that down predictions at 10 o'clock. Where does Kirk Cousins fall in about 20 minutes? Uh, I, I want to keep going on this Gibson thing for a second here. I think Kyle Gibson's breakout season is proof of something. If you're still in a certain camp as a baseball fan or a Twins fan, I welcome you and urge you to leave that camp and come see the light. Mackie and Judd, TCL Broadcast Studios on a game show Friday. Don't go anywhere. Assume the position. More Mackie and Judd coming up next on 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd now continue. What now? What now? Let me tell you what now. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Two to Robertson. And... Breaking ball gets a swing and a miss. Two down. Got him with a breaking ball. Gibson strands two. Got the outside corner. Breaking ball. Got him. Prone strikes out. Nice. Strike three. And the bat ended up over the dugout. See, that's swinging the bat right there. A left-handed toast to the Minnesota Twins. A late-night victory. Seven out of eight. Pull within seven. You got a glass of of wine? You got a beer? What's your uh, left-handed toast this time, Dick? Both. You can do you can do a you can do a pint of beer and then put the stem of the wine glass between your fingers and you can actually toast both at the same time. That's genius. Yeah. That's Unless tough. you've got the stemless wine glass, then you're in trouble. That's tough. Then you'd have to put a finger inside the glass. You know, you could do it that way, but that's kind of gross. I'm just not a wine guy, so for, for my le- left-handed toast, no wine. It's amazing. No wine in your house has found your way, found its way into you. 
No, it hasn't. It has not. It's, it's, You've never gotten a little. It's safe and sound with the wife. Have you? Do you ever run out of beer, or do you guys always make sure, like, once you get down to two cases, that you go and grab a, a couple backups? Like, what happens when you run out of beer? You don't think about the wine. Panic. No, I think we just blew Judd's mind. I, I don't. No, I'm trying to think. Uh, I'm trying to think of the last time I ran out of beer. I can't think of the last time. Yeah. Like I've got reserves that are warm, <laughs> but can be, but I can chill them if I need. Or drink you at room see, temperature. Just now. Oh, that's just ooh, no. Not for you beer. like Guinness. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it's true. But for the rest of beer, no. But I don't think I've run out of beer since we moved into the house in 2000. Maybe in the apartment back in the day in Eden Prairie. That's an impressive streak. That's yeah. Well, I mean, you, you can't do that. And and I don't drink a lot d- during the week because I've got to get up early. So it's what would a happen weekend if you did thing. an afternoon drive slot. Oh, I the week would be a lot more fun. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, you know what? That's not a bad point. It's I've never thought of it that you way. Alive is the I've morning, never thought of it that way. Morning accountability. Zolgan starting at three and arriving at two. <laughs> Stumbling in. Hi, everybody. I want to speak on behalf of baseball nerds everywhere here. I want to bring you Exhibit A and Exhibit B. If you're still the old crusty type, the old scoff at analytics, and analytics are ruining baseball, and what are they, you know, analytics, there's nothing like heart. You can't replace heart with a spreadsheet. All right? Yep. Let's talk about Exhibit A. Kyle Benjamin Gibson. Took him six years from... Minor leagues and Tommy John surgery and what you thought he would be before the Tommy John surgery to what he's become now. But he's now the pitcher that the Twins thought they were getting when they drafted him out of Missouri, uh, top half of the first round of the draft. So my question to you is, now that Kyle Gibson here, and here are his numbers, by the way, since mid-August of last year, Mm -hmm. Kyle Gibson has made 27 starts for the Twins. Uh, That's 165 innings. He's 10-6 and if you care about pitcher wins and losses. 3.81 3.81 ERA, which is actually a little bit inflated because of some bad defense this year. I mean, the Twins have not been the greatest defensive team this year because Byron Buxton's not out there. His expected ERA is actually 3.4, um, and 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 this year it, and it dropped even more last night. A strikeout per inning. Opponents are hitting just 234 off of him since the middle of last August with a 660 OPS, which is not very good. Mm-hmm. His swinging strike rate is up. His chase rate is up. Is it just a giant coincidence that Kyle Gibson turned 30 and the light bulb went on? Oh, he just figured it out randomly. Or have the twins, perhaps, with all these new things they're doing behind the scenes and these new systems, people, and technology, scouting, maybe they've presented him new information, a few cheat codes, so to speak, to help him leverage his stuff that's been first-round caliber stuff for a decade to get hitters out. That's what's happening here. It's not like, oh, man, I'm 30 and I just like snapped yeah. out of it. The new regime comes in. They've implemented and hired a lot of smart people. And it took some time. And Kyle, Gip- and Kyle Gibson's one of these guys that, oh, man, if I, can, if I just do this and this and have better scouting reports on hitters going into these series, I have a chance to be a really good, maybe playoff rotation caliber guy. It's not just a coincidence. It's analytics. That's what, and the Twins were back of the bus forever when it came to analytics. It's analytics, uh, which is a philosophy, which also goes in into the philosophy of pitching in their uh, organization that they use for years and years. And, and you know, for a long time, it was really simple to make fun of pitch to contact, right? You know, pitch to contact, yeah. But that was, it was hard to quantify how much that actually hurt them. And, and we made fun of it. 
But I think Gibson is also the first real example of the change in organizational philosophies when it comes to pitching. And now my question is this. Of the laundry list of guys that you've run through on numerous occasions, of pitchers drafted or early who failed, of Mm -hmm. pitchers brought into the system who failed completely, how many of those guys were potentially set back? I mean, it's analytics, yes, it's philosophy of how to get guys out. It's taking a pitcher who's got good stuff and being like, well, you've got good stuff, but if you do it this way, it's going to work. And, yeah. and in fact, it didn't work. So I think what Gibson is, is Gibson Gibson is our first specimen of actually saying, oh, hold on a second here. We now have an example of a guy who looked completely broken and lost mm-hmm. and, and would have concluded his time with the Twins and either been out of baseball or been traded elsewhere, but he stayed here. The philosophy's completely shifted. So... I'm really curious if you go back through that list of guys that they drafted and tried to cultivate and develop who failed, how many of those guys now are on them? Yeah, and it's it's hard to say. I mean, obviously the fact that nobody emerged, period, as a viable drafted starting pitcher for the Twins. I mean, it's it's a blank list in terms of guys who first-round picks. Scott Baker was a second-round pick, I want to say, and he was okay. But guys who emerged as really reliable multi-year starters, it just... It's pretty much a blank list, um, and I would even say like the word I hate. I hate the word analytics. I hate the word sabermetrics. These are just like computery kind of scary words for casual fans, mm-hmm. and it, and there's like they're just they don't let's let's get rid of those words. And let's just call it modern scouting. It's scouting. If I'm using if I'm using technology and I'm and I'm using uh, data points. To better scout my opponents because I'm able to do that now compared to 20 years ago as an organization or as a as a general manager. That's just called scouting. And let me give you Exhibit B, okay? Why modern ways of scouting should not be scoffed at, and why they should be celebrated, and why and why broadcast teams should go out of their way to point some of these things out more than they do across the country, okay? Justin Verlander. So he was for a decade in Detroit, and he won a, he won a Cy Young Award uh, in, in Detroit, and he was a rock solid starting pitcher, for sure a borderline Hall of Famer in Detroit. Career ERA of three point five zero. So he's he's been one of the best pitchers in baseball. He had a couple little down seasons there uh, once he got into his thirties, but Justin Verlander, one of the better pitchers of the era, for sure. He goes to Houston, one of the most forward thinking. Modern scouting teams in Major League Baseball. Maybe the most forward-thinking modern scouting team in baseball. And he goes from being a really good, rock-solid starting pitcher, all-star, you know, top, uh, probably top 10 pitcher in baseball, to being godlike. Godlike the last year. I mean, he is, with the Astros, he's made 31 starts, including the postseason. He's eighteen and five with an ERA of one point nine zero. Yes, he's so, yes. So he so his his ERA with the Tigers for a decade was three and a half. And I get it, kind of a small sample size here. It's, it's we're taking thirty one starts over a calendar year, but right. not that small of a sample size. One point nine zero. Is it just a giant coincidence that Justin Verlander goes to a more forward thinking organization, a more uh, modern scouting organization, and? Absolutely becomes unhittable and one of the great pitchers of all Absolutely time. Absolutely not. Or no. yeah, or is no, it that not. an awesome pitcher is receiving cheat codes from a scout a scouting perspective, like you would? And he came with a video from a game. place that basically had no department. 
pretty Gar- much. Yeah, Guardy said much. that this year that that they are that the Tigers are still in the midst of, of establishing the, yeah. their department, and it's there, but it's not. So he he pitched for a team. So he aged. He was fantastic, and then began to age with with a team that couldn't help him basically. Mm-hmm. And he's a smart guy too. So he gets to Houston, and they're like, "Oh, just do this." And here's I, the thing with baseball to me is, and and it's sort of it's too bad for the the people that scouted for the Twins is. You really believe that they probably found some good arms, but then when they got them in the organization, they didn't develop them mm-hmm. and they didn't give them the correct information. And in fact, they probably at some point point across the way told them to do the wrong thing. Because what? Finding finding guys who can pitch is going out and scouting for great arms, shortstops who have good arms. But then you get them in the you draft them and get them with the franchise and if you give them this philosophy or these ideas or not the correct information, you're going to fail. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's there's a there's a million analogies you can make here. If you if well, let's just stick with baseball. You take let's say you took the same exact player, a draft pick, a 21 year old college pitcher or an 18 year old high school pitcher, and you cloned that player 30 times over, and put the same player 30 times over in each of the 30 baseball farm systems. And then waited five years. You planted, so you planted the same seed in 30 different gardens across different climates and across different regions, right? Across different elevations, whatever it may be. And then you waited until that seed bloomed into whatever it was going to be. And then you ranked them based on like whatever the criteria is. Uh, my theory has been over the past 10 years until the new regime that twins pitchers, if we're talking about twins pitchers as that seed, would have been like just sort of a decrepit, you know. It would have been like the the rotten apple tree or something. We want you to like grow, worms and all the apples. Don't grow too much, right? Um, and and so Jack Jack Morris. I love talking with Jack Morris, and I I actually enjoy Jack Morris on broadcast now more than maybe a couple of years ago. I was like, God, he's so salty, and he's such a back in my day guy. But he offers a lot of insight, a lot of just just great well, he's pitching salt of the earth stuff. He's at least he, he's yes. can. He'll rip guys. Yeah, I like that. And and all I want to tell him when he goes on these anti-analytics rants, let's call them anti-modern scouting rants. I just want to say, listen, you're one of the great talents of your pitching era. Could you imagine if so without any modern scouting, let's say in the 1980s or early 90s, what if there were like two or three teams that caught on to some stuff and gathered data points and were able to communicate to you Here's how good you are right now. You're Hall of Fame caliber right now. We have like two or three little cheat codes. If you do this to that hitter, if you take this pitch and do this with this pitch a little more often, your success is going to go from Hall of Fame caliber to maybe like one of the five greatest pitchers of all time. Or you can keep going. And it's not like, forget about analytics. Here's information that's going to help you get to an even different level, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So Jack would have said I'd knock you down. <laughs> I, I just throw the ball right at your damn head. Six five one six four six eight two five five eight seven seven six one five fifteen hundred. Paul, what's going on? Morning, guys. Hi, Paul. Say this is great for pitching and defense. Obviously, with the shifts, when is hitting going to catch up analytic wise with defense and pitching? Because we've all talked about how the game is hurting right now because of lack of balls in play and all this kind of thing. When, when are hitters going to adjust? When is the, uh, when are the hitting coaches going to use analytics and how are they going to use it to, uh, to help people like Buxton Sano? Has the hitting offensive side of analytics 
Is that still behind the game here? Uh, it's well. Hit, I think hitting caught up in certain ways, Paul. That's a really good question, Paul. Thank Thanks, you. Paul. Hitting has caught up in certain ways from a power perspective. Hitting is historically powerful right now. In other ways, it's also historically bad in terms of swing and miss rates and lack of, you know, lack of singles and doubles and balls in play. I personally think that the next counter adjustment or the next wave here is a gravitation toward guys who can make contact to all parts of the field. Pretty soon, if, if we keep going in this direction, guys like left-handed hitters like Chris Davis and Logan Morrison, if you're just a big, powerful left-handed hitter and you pull the ball and that's your game, that's so easy to get out right now. Pitchers know where to throw pitches so that you can't hit them. And then when you do hit the ball, they shift you so that you're only going to hit and like 200 or 220. Adjust. But if you could take that pool of players and swap in guys who, I don't know if it's, I mean, I was going to use Jose Altuve, but that's an extreme example. Just right. guys who are able to make more contact and hit the ball to left field as a left-handed hitter, or if you're a right-handed hitter, instead of being Josh Willingham, Brian Dozier, pull happy and hitting 220, mm-hmm. hit those little line drives to the right side of the infield. Um, I think those types of hitters are going to be much more valuable in a market that, that strikeouts are going or does baseball bonkers. or at, at some point in time here too do, does baseball step in and make some rules so so that those guys yeah. that you're talking about can stay in the game by creating what would be the equivalent of e- illegal defenses yeah and that could be it too what but whether that happens or not just making contact period cuz cuz shifting the in terms of strikeout rate shifting might have a little bit of an impact well oh man there's nine fielders standing at second base right now, and so you know I'm going to try a little harder to hit it over all of their heads, and so maybe strikeouts go up just because. Well, I can't. Boy, if I hit the ball in a certain way, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna go all out to hit a home run. Um, but I think guys who make contact, period, are just becoming more valuable than ever because there's not that many of them. And I believe if you go back and look, I think the Houston Astros put more balls in play and had they fewer last strikeouts season. last year than any that's, team. That's accurate. I've, and, I've seen that. And yes. they and they also did it with power yep. and they had great pitching. So yep. so just I mean it, it becomes kind of mathematical too where if you're just putting an extra three to five balls in play during a game than your opponent, well that might be an extra two doubles and an extra run or or whatever the math <laughs> works out to be. So all right, should we talk some football when we come back? Yes, here? let's break break down quarterbacks finally. We love to rank things where does Kirk Cousins fall in the NFL right now? Mackie and Judd, and uh, it's also Write That Down Friday in a half hour. Mackie and Judd are back after this brief timeout. Coffee break. Better hurry if we want to get a seat. On 1500 ESPN. Huh. Phil Mackie, Judd Zolgad. Again, this is where perception and facts are going to meet in the middle here. You're going to be perception. I'm going to be facts. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Oh, this is... How far are we away juicy. from... Uh, Report day, twenty fourth, right? So it's two weeks from veterans. Yeah, rookies yes. on the twenty fourth, twenty seventh for the oh, vets. Yeah. Two weeks, baby. Holy cow! Oh, so shorts even. and shells. Let's go. It's the thirteenth today, so we're we're a week and a half away from the rookies showing up. Right? Yeah. Is that what you? Eleven s- days. Oh my goodness! Yeah, boy, football is football is here. We like to rank things on this show, and um, we went a little bonkers with this. This conversation started as okay, let's. Let's go into the season here and let's try to figure out where where do we think Kirk Cousins ranks? Just quarterbacks for next season. So forget about who would you want for five years or this is as know. as we sit here today talking. Yes, and and for this upcoming season Correct. only, what would what would those quarterback rankings look like? And 
I ranked all of them. I like did, literally all of them. I did, you did too. I did too. And and the idea for this stemmed from the fact that since the Vikings signed Cousins, we've had this conversation a bunch, and we've been like, where would you put it in on this 15, 16, 13? So I finally thought to myself, let's just do it. Okay. Let's just rank them and see where Kirk lands. Give me clarification. Football! Yeah! Quarterbacks or quarterback situations by team? Where? How, how are we looking at Starting this? Quarterbacks. quarterbacks. Yep. Starting quarterbacks Starting only, quarterbacks. so the backups are not involved here. That's just a non-factor to me. In fairness, I did rank 33 because I, I did put Nick Foles on the list. Okay. That's just because he's the Super but Bowl But you're not MVP. ranking quarterback situations we're, we're saying starting starting quarterback okay. yeah so like in kansas city pat mahomes is expected to be their starting quarterback and so he's and and aj mccarron in buffalo is expected to be their starter etc etc correct um who should go let's flip a coin flip a coin here heads or tails i got it in my head uh tails uh it was heads all right go ahead Ooh, okay tough one uh, i'm not, i'm down Let's just play that actually for like ten minutes. Who do you think designed that? Like, what sick, sadistic person said, "You know, I hate parents." Some genius at Nintendo. Yep, someone in Japan with a sick, twisted joke that oh. played on all of us. Uh, the best is when you left the volume up. You and and you, you didn't pause the game. You could just let the quarterback sit at the line of scrimmage because there was no play clock. So you crank the volume up and then leave the room, and he would just sit there for an hour. Hut 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 hut. Well, poor parents all over this country. If you yeah. went 17 minutes, I believe you got an Omaha in there, but you had to wait a while. <laughs> you did. All right, number 33 on my quarterback list, and this is the goal of this is to see where Kirk Cousins falls and then go from there. Uh, number 33, A.J. McCarron. Number 32, Blake Bortles. I mean, I, I, I almost put McCarron ahead of Bortles, but we just haven't seen enough of McCarron, and the things we have seen have been kind of meh. So mm-hmm. Bortles, number 32. Mm-hmm. Uh, 31, Mitch Trubisky, and the only reason he's ahead of Bortles is because he still has time to not be Blake Bortles. Yeah, right? it's, it's jumbled down there, to say the least. Yeah. Yep. Uh, number 30, Jameis Winston. Mm-hmm. I think he would have been five or ten spots higher up until his crappy year last year, all the interceptions, and now another suspension and more off-the-field things. Although that, that incident was from two years ago, and he's claiming that he's been okay for two years, but still, like, prove oh, I wouldn't it. Number 30. Him. Uh, number 29, we haven't seen him play a snap yet, but Pat Mahomes in that big arm in Kansas City. Number 28, Joe Flacco. Mm-hmm. Still making $20 million a year. Mm-hmm. 27, I struggle with this one. If this guy was healthy, he'd be for sure top 15, but he's never healthy. So Sam Bradford is 27th on my list. Because, again, these are rankings for just this upcoming season. And Correct. everything we're hearing from the Vikings, it's degenerative knee problems. And I don't know, it just doesn't sound good. Uh, number 26, Marcus Mariota would have been much higher a year ago, but had a really down season in, in a league where even mediocre quarterbacks are going two to one touchdown to interception ratios. I believe he threw more interceptions than touchdowns last year. So Marcus right. Mariota. Number 25, Josh McCown still hanging in there in the NFL. Number 24 coming off a lost injury season, Ryan Tannehill. I still think he's young enough. Still, he's in his 20s. Uh, there's always been some potential there. He's been fine. He's been he's been an average quarterback before. He's 24th on my list. Number 23, Tyrod Taylor. 22, Andy Dalton. <laughs> 21, Dak Prescott, who had a bit of a bit of a dip in his sophomore Ooh, year. Interesting. Okay, good. All right. Um, I'm intrigued by Dak 
thought about putting him higher, but this is where the list gets a little bit like I'm not going to fight to the death about any of these next ten guys. Yeah, you could, you could, you could kind of shape shift this part of the list around. All right, number twenty, Derek Carr would have been much higher a year ago, but was meh last year. Mm-hmm. Number nineteen, Case Keenum. Number eighteen, a guy who goes up on the list mostly because of who his offensive coordinator is going to be here, Eli Manning. And he's going to get Odell Beckham Jr. back. So Eli Eli is going to have some insulation, even though he's like 38 years old now. I still think there's some gas in the tank for Eli Manning. And the Giants must think so, too, because they didn't draft a quarterback. They drafted Saquon Barkley instead. So they're right. going to they're gonna make a run at this thing with Eli. They think they can win this year. And Eli is 18 on my list. 17, Super Bowl MVP Nick Foles. 16, Jimmy Garoppolo. I really like Jimmy Garoppolo. I like him more than you do. Okay. Thought about putting him... <laughs> Above the next guy, Cam Newton, who I've always been kind of... He had the one MVP season, otherwise he's just kind of a... You've got Cam Newton higher than I do. This is shocking. That says something, though, because I have him 15th. I'm very... And you fought to the death last year that Cam Newton was this amazing quarterback. I'm very conflicted about the territory that you're in right now. I feel like we should go back to that argument. I'm very conflicted. Right. Well, I still I don't hate him. I'm just <laughs> I just have him slightly lower than you do. I think Garoppolo Garoppolo for sure could be top ten. We disagree within three months from now. We disagree significantly in where we place Garoppolo and uh, Dak Prescott. Actually, okay. Uh, so Cam Newton fifteen. I have Kirk Cousins as the fourteenth best quarterback in the NFL going into the season. But this, <laughs> this is all very close. Thirteenth, right. yep. uh, Matt Stafford. I would take Matt Stafford over Kirk Cousins. I, I would, but it's it's close. 12, Jared Goff, and some people might put him lower, but Jared Goff, high completion percentage, breakout season, how much credit goes to system and coaching, but you could play that game with almost any quarterback in the NFL. So You'd like to see year, a, a second year of this yep. before you move him too high. I agree yep, with but, that. But in 12th might be too high. I'm putting him 12th. All right. Andrew Luck should be borderline top five. He's 11 because we don't know if he can throw a football really. Yes. But I'm, I'm still going to give him some benefit of the doubt. He's number 11 on my list. Deshaun Watson is 10th, even coming off an ACL. I don't care. He either. was explosively good last year. And Agreed. if he can run even a little bit, uh, he was 7.5 yards per carry and also was good in the passing game. Alex Smith is number 9. Alex Smith, the last five years, go look at some of his productivity. And people blame him for playoff Futility, but that guy has put up some crazy numbers and performances in the playoffs, and defenses have let him down in the second half. So, Alex Smith, number nine. Phillip Rivers, still grinding it out in his late 30s. One of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, still number eight. Carson Wentz, coming off an ACL, number seven. Mm-hmm. Matt Ryan, six. Ben Roethlisberger, five. Drew Brees, four. Russell Wilson, third. Tom Brady, number two. And Aaron Rodgers, number one. Those are my quarterback rankings going into next year just for next year. I feel like we we were conflicted in, in the same place and once you get to 10 it becomes pretty crystal clear but before that, after 10 for about uh, 8 or 9 picks, it's difficult. Yeah. So I we'll come back and we'll do your rankings when we come back here. But I've got Kirk Cousins 14th. I could see people arguing for him as high as maybe like 11th or 12th for this upcoming season. Maybe even 10th depending on some of these ACL guys. I could even see you arguing Kirk Cousins for more like 18th or 19th, depending on what you think about Case Keenum and Jimmy Garoppolo and Dak Prescott. 
but that's what I have. We'll find out what you have All right. when we come back. Write that down at 10 o'clock, and it's a game show Friday. Mackie and Judd from the TCL Broadcast Studios. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. And don't come back until you've redeemed yourselves. On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd are back. You're about to make a whole lot of people around here real happy. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios on 1500 ESPN. You have wicked hot sports takes. Aren't afraid to share your opinions on the local teams. Do you want your own show on 1500 ESPN? If you answered yes, then 1500 ESPN's Sportscaster Idol is for you. We are holding a competition to find our next host, uh, with the winner receiving their very own show for one year. Start working on that audition. Entries will be accepted beginning this coming Monday, July 16th. More details at the website, 1500ESPN.com. Quarterbacks, Super Bowl. Vikes to the Super Bowl. I love quarterbacks. Yeah, we're ranking quarterbacks. This is elbows deep in the mashed potatoes right now. Oh, this is great. Just, just full full arms in, this both is, arms in the mashed potatoes. This bowl. is the sexiest position in all of sports, my good man. Really That's is. what this is. Looks-wise, too. Guys like Jimmy oh, Garoppolo and Tommy? handsome Russell Wilson. Yeah, uh, Tom uh, Brady, Brady with those perfect I mean, white I, teeth. I'd go through my list and, and rank them on looks. Let's see if I do that. Rivers has to and drop significantly. We, we should do that later oh, in the Garoppolo. show. Oh, Garoppolo. Garoppolo's top three. He'd be number one, right? Oh, he's a good-looking young yeah, man. Yeah, for sure. Should we do that? Maybe let's just do a full half hour. Let's rank all of the quarterbacks on based look? on what they look like. I mean, Kirk Cousins with those teeth. Oh, he's a beautiful man. Beautiful he's, man. He really is. I feel like the smile, though, Who are hurts the other him. ones? Uh, Aaron Rodgers isn't that good looking, is he? Matt Ryan those sunken eyes. Matt Ryan is not ugly, but he's gawky. Ben Roethlisberger. Matt's, oh, yeah, Matt's kind of got. He's got almost got like the Peyton Manning forehead, the big old yep. yeah. you know drive-in movie screen forehead. Big Ben's got the drinking nose, the puffy face. He'd <laughs> <laughs> be pretty low on he the does. list. He Looks he like he's been good. in a motorcycle accident yeah. or two. That's a good one. Oh, Philip Rivers yeah. has the furrowed eyebrow. You know, kind of. The Don't thing. forget Dalton. Andy Dalton would be. Yeah. Twenty-five I, I think, or down. I think Andy Dalton depends on your taste, really. I don't know. He look, he, nah, he's not you a good-looking guy. Let's in, be honest. I'm not a good-looking guy. Intern Max just nailed it. Manning face, Eli. That's tough. Oh, yeah. That's tough. Oh, and they show that up. Yeah. Uh, all right. So my just. To, I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but right. I had I had Kirk Cousins number fourteen, and this is quarterbacks ranked. For this year only, not like a three-year window. Who would you want? It's for this go year. Go through your only. top ten again, too. So 14 for Cousins, and then your top 10. Uh, so Aaron Rodgers, number one. Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, Drew Brees, four. Ben Roethlisberger, five. Mm-hmm. Matt Ryan, six. Carson Wentz, seven. Phillip Rivers, eight. Alex Smith, nine. Deshaun Watson, ten. Andrew Luck coming off missing a full season, 11. Jared Goff, 12. Matt Stafford, 13. Kirk Cousins, 14. And All then right. Newton, Garoppolo, Nick Foles, even though he's a backup, 17. All right. The worst quarterback, I had 33 rank because I put Nick Foles on the list. Yep. The, my my five worst in order, uh, A.J. McCarron was the worst. Blake Bortles, Mitch Trubisky, Jameis Winston, and Pat Mahomes. We disagree uh, significantly, I think, in about three or four. But for, for the most part, we are in lockstep here. Because number 32 for me is McCarron as well. And it's not because he's bad. It's because I have no clue. So you left Foles off the list, right? Foles is off, okay. yes. So McCarron might be okay, might move up very quickly. I have no clue, so I put him last. 
I put Tannehill uh, 31st because he's coming off an injury. I didn't love him before. I don't hate him. I take him I take him hobbled over Blake Bortles. But the bottom of this list is just the bottom of this list. I'm uh, number 30, a guy who could move up incredibly quickly. Mitchell Trubisky. You got more components there. Chicago should be improved. This is going to be an incredibly important year for him because this is sort of his are you Christian Ponder or are you good year? Mitch Trubisky number 30. Number 29, Josh McCowan, who eventually, I think at some point in time this season with the Jets, is going to give way to Sam Darnold. But Josh or, McCowan or, or Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater. Or, or, the Jets, or the Jets might t- look at Teddy, Teddy yeah, or trade him. He could bring you something. Or trade she, Darnold because Teddy looks so good in training camp. Oh, and Sam? Ugly. Darnold, That's true. not a good-looking guy. That's not true. a good-looking guy. That's true. Bad look. Number 28 on my list. Oh, Dak Prescott would be pretty high on the... On the good-looking list. Oh, yeah, he's a, yeah. he's a flashing guy, uh, yeah, flashy sure. guy. He's a flashing. He likes to flash. Number 28 on my list, Tyrod Taylor, who, who will give way to uh, Baker Mayfield early on. Tyrod Taylor, a career backup. But 32 through basically 25 or 26, you, you can mix most of them up for me. Uh, number 27 is your guy, Blake Bortles. He's just not good. He's going. Wow, I would take Tyrod over Blake Bortles. Right? So right doesn't. now, one one game for everything. It would you rather have Tyrod Taylor or Blake Bortles? I'd rather just forfeit and go home. I, it just <laughs> I doesn't matter. I would take Tyrod Taylor. Who would you take, Dave? It doesn't matter to me. I think Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, yeah, I would. Yeah. All right. I, I would just tell pretty bold. I would just bold tell take having Blake Bortles twenty. I would just tell Blake. I just tell Blake hand the ball off to Fournette and let's go home. So. I put Blake Bortles, 27. Tyrod at least doesn't throw picks, right? Isn't that the deal? Yeah. He doesn't throw a lot of passes, <laughs> oh, he's in, period. But. <laughs> he's in Cleveland now. Just wait. It could change. Yeah, good point. Number 26 on my list. Uh, once again, a guy who could move up this list very quickly because he's going to be in his first year as a starter with the Chief. Chiefs Patrick Mahomes. He might be very good. I don't have a clue right now, though. Yeah. So he's 26. Number 25, Jameis Winston. I don't hate him, but you know what? The off-the-field stuff uh, combined with the weird on-the-field stuff. that, that what, what was he trying to do at the sideline last year? Give a W of some sort and had that weird thing going where he put his fingers in his mouth. That's your quarterback, Jameis Winston. I Just all was, very odd. I think he was doing the... Uh... Like eat the eat the W. Okay, right? well it was that's I don't I don't see Brady or Rogers coming to the sideline eating the W. So I'm putting uh, Jameis Winston number twenty five. Stay away from the Uber drivers, Jameis. Number twenty four, Eli Manning. Number twenty three, Joe Flacco. Number twenty two, Andy Dalton. Number twenty one. I've got him higher than you, but I feel the same way. Sam Bradford. Sam Bradford could be fantastic. But I think he's going to lose the job to Rosen at some point here, and he's coming off the injury problems, and I just don't know. Number 20, a guy I think is going to bounce back, Marcus Mariota. So he's 20. I don't have him too high, but I also do yeah. have hope that he bounces back sure. after, as you said, a down year in 2017. Number 19, Case Keenum. Oh, we, we matched on one. No, number nine, Exactly matched on Case Keenum. Exactly, and, and the reason I've got him at 19 is I believe the natural regression of Case happens. So, so Case is not terrible, uh, but there was a reason why the Vikings didn't sign him to a long-term extension. Yeah. He's number 19 there's, on my list. There's nothing wrong with saying to Case Keenum, as a fan or as a GM, just prove it. Yeah. Just Ex- prove it. And I think he'll prove that he can be okay, but not great. Mm-hmm. Number 18 on my list, once again, a guy who could move up very quickly, especially if uh, John Gruden's offensive philosophy still worked, Derek Carr. I like Derek Carr. He had a bad year. He was hurt. 
So he's 18 on my list, but he could move up. Number 17, the guy who you've got at 15, Cam Newton. I don't mind Cam Newton one bit, but you know what? The inconsistencies, I can't put him, I can't put him top 10, and I, I can't put him, and I came close hilarious. to top 15. I feel like but, but one, I don't of, hate one of the biggest arguments that's ever been we had did. in this show was me versus you and Kyler I feel a year like ago. you come around more and probably really. feel like I do now, which is he's, but but I think last year you, you said you wouldn't take him. I would take him. I just don't love him. We should almost go find I wonder if we can find that argument. It's probably, right. probably lost in the archive somewhere. So Cam Newton, well, 17. Dave, what do you remember about that fight, Dave? Can we agree that Cam's pretty good looking, though? He's high on that list. He oh, would be, yeah, yeah. Oh, very and the way he dresses, yeah, yeah, sure. and the way he dresses, he's top 10. Yeah. Easily, he might be top 5. Yeah. I'm not sure about the, this whole, like, here, here's another fashion craze that I'm a little bit confused on. I'm okay with, like, not wearing socks with your shoes. But this whole like the pants only going down to your shins. Oh, I not, don't they're not capris. This. Yeah, they're you I don't know get it. they're they're pants, but they only go down so far, and there's like a five inch know. gap that shows your shins. Well, and then going with the full on shorts with the suit, it's a little the odd. Suit and tie, I don't like that. It's a little odd. Yeah. The LeBron look, right? Yeah, the uh, what's his name from ACDC look. I want one of these Angus, guys. Young Angus, is it? Uh, no, yeah, it's, it's the other guy, the guitar player. All right, okay. Number- I, want, I want one of these guys, maybe Cam, to bring back cargo shorts. Just bring back those. I could do that. Those for brown you. cargo shorts. I can do that. Number sixteen on my list: a guy who should be top ten, uh, but didn't play last year, so we simply don't know. Andrew Luck is sixteen. Number fifteen, another guy that could easily be top ten by the time we have this uh, conversation, if we're still on the air, of course. Next year, Jared Goff. Number fourteen. We got two minutes, by the way. Number fourteen, lower than you had him, Alex Smith. Number thirteen, Kirk Cousins. So we're very close there. All right. Number 12, Dak Prescott. And you had Dak lower than that at 21. Yep. I've got Dak at 12. I like Dak. He could be 12 by the, for me by the end of the year. Sure. Number, number 11, a guy I absolutely love, and I think he's going to come back, and I hope he's fine, Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson is a must-see quarterback, if healthy, and playing well. Number 10, he didn't get a huge chance last year, but when he did, incredibly successful, Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. So the number 10 could flip around a little bit here. The the nine through one I'm pretty sure of. Nine Carson Wentz. Rivers at number eight. Matt Ryan at seven. Matthew Stafford at six. Whoa. Matthew Stafford. Whoa. You had Matthew Stafford what? at thirteen. I have him at six. Matthew Stafford's a good quarterback. His team can be suspect, but he he's a good quarterback. I like Matthew Stafford. Number five, Russell Wilson. Number four, Ben Roethlisberger. Number three, gotta be Drew Brees still. And two and one, you can flip a coin. I put Rodgers two, and I put Brady one. It could easily be Aaron one and Tom two. So Brady, Rodgers, Breeze, Roethlisberger, Wilson, Stafford, Matt Ryan, Phillip Rivers, Carson Wentz, and Garoppolo are my top ten. I have Kirk Cousins at 13. Interesting. Stafford. I like Matthew Stafford. I like him a lot. Uh, Matthew Collar has been tweeting into the show. He's going to bring his list in the noon hour, too. Oh, of That's course right. he is. It's going to be oh, action-packed. This is a meat and potatoes festival. Write that down, predictions, and an accountability session when we come back. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Oh, that's just what they'll be expecting us to do. On 1500 ESPN.